sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. Hello, and it's Friday again, and uh, I heard yesterday is 100 days to Christmas, Joe, 100 days to Christmas today. And uh, But uh, Joe and I are back today. It's Friday, as I said. It's uh, Business Eye, and we're once again we're sponsored by Dunleary Rathdown Local Enterprise Office. Joe, 100 days. Have you, are you ready? 100 days. Yes. Well, I did hear uh, that we need to get in those shopping presents for our kids and Santa's going to have to work extra early this year as well, Simon. And the reason being, you know, a, a container coming out of China at the moment where it used to be 2,000 for a 40 foot container is now up to 20,000. And in that, a lot of places are kind of holding off or those supplies won't be coming over at all. And also, yeah. I believe that certain stores are gearing up now because it could be a tight Christmas for people if if those presents don't come in as well. So, but 100 days, I haven't even got through Halloween yet. Um, <laughs> and someone, I seen someone on Facebook had, believe it or not, selection boxes in oh. their shopping trolley. There oh. you go. There, there you go. go. Yeah, no, no, no. Let's do. Let's just deal with Halloween first, and let's worry about Christmas after that. Do, do you know if you were to ask me, Simon, who would be? What would be my Christmas wish? And my Christmas wish would be for Mister Coveney and his colleague Leo to jump on their little bicycles and cycle off into Never Never Land. You mean the true? You mean the true leaders, Leo and Simon, the the true leaders. The, the breach of trust leaders, the breach of trust leaders. Yes, they would be. Yeah. But that's it. They survived again. They've survived again, Joe. They're, they're doing something right. Yeah, they are. I, I, I'll, I have to scratch my head on that. But look, let's, <laughs> let's go positive here. Let's yeah. think about the future. Yeah. Our guest today is Louis O'Connor, a strategic metal strategist. Uh, Louis has been traveling the world for many, many years. He's lived in Germany. He lives in America. He's lived in Panama. And he's now back in Ireland here um, with some great new ideas and a new business that he's after starting as well, which is helping people make the right investment. And when I say the right investment, you know, we're all worried about the euro and we're worried about the dollar. But there's always I've always believed that metal is the way to go. Um, if it's you're looking at from silver to gold or other metals, which I'm learning actually is more profitable than silver and gold as well. So, Louis, how are you? Hello. Hi, hi there. Yeah. Good to be here, Joe. Simon, thank you. Um, all good. Yeah. So the world of metals, Louis, it's fascinating. I, I spent 10 years in Australia and it was, you know, the mining resource capital of definitely the Southern Hemisphere. And But I haven't, since being back in Ireland five years, I haven't really spoken to anybody about metals. So I'm interested how, for the, the listeners out there, how did you get into the space? I know you were in the car industry, similar to Joe, but how did you get into the metal industry? Okay, well, um, I've just returned from 15 years in Latin America. And mostly it was in Central America, in Panama, Colombia, and just because of its close proximity to the U.S., I was working with a lot of North Americans, Canadians who were coming down 
to Central America, you know, for retirement and second properties and investments and stuff. So, so I sort of, um, um, I suppose that that's what first sparked my interest. And I suppose the reason was North Americans in general, they've had more wealth, if you will, sort of longer than certainly people in, in Ireland anyway, maybe not the UK or other parts of Europe, but they're sort of, I don't want to say they're more sophisticated investors, but they have had wealth and they have been investing probably for longer than we have. I mean, in Ireland, most people haven't had wealth at all, except for in the last 20, 25 years. So, so you know, when people accumulate wealth, they want to hold on to it and they look for different asset classes um, to diversify, you know, their portfolio. And gold and silver has always been, um, you know, this $34 trillion in, in the market cap in gold. Now, to be honest with you, why? I don't know. I'm not a big gold fan. I mean, we do offer precious metals, you know, gold and silver as well. But to me, gold is just a hedge against inflation. It's a store of wealth. It doesn't have an intrinsic value. Um, sure enough, from time to time, it only goes up in value when there's a, a crisis or a perceived crisis. Um, it's just recently last year, um, you know, gone up because of, of COVID. But, you know, what, why should gold, gold go up in value because of uh, a crisis or a perceived crisis? You know, so, so it doesn't have an intrinsic value value it just have a perceived value so the metals that i work with up till about 10 years ago you couldn't buy them as a private investor um it's a germ my partner is in germany they're a metals trader have been for since 1999 and these metals are you know they're using all modern technology they have an intrinsic value there's a very high demand for them there's an increasing demand and as you guys were talking a little bit about before we started um, the supply chain is subject to disruption. Yeah. Um, it has yeah. been disrupted, obviously, because of COVID, but primarily it gets disrupted because China is the dominant market leader in rare earth elements, the ones I work with, which is more than 85% of them are produced in China. And more importantly, the Chinese have the refining technology. They've been doing it a lot longer. Just to give you an example, there's one rare earth mine if you will working in all of north america and even though they mine you know the metals there they still send them to china to be refined so that'll just tell you you know why china is the dominant market leader so so i got interested there but look you know the i mean look i'll tell you what is my opinion and and what is fact and the fact is once people do a bit of due diligence is you make you can profit from owning these metals now you should be in it for, it's not something, you know, you know, a get rich quick scheme. You know, if you're going to invest in metals, you should be willing to stay in for what we would call more of a long-term play. So minimum one year, but more than likely three or five years. So you can see some decent returns. Yeah. Simon, you know, you've been part of uh, brand financing, you know, what's your, what's your thoughts on the, on the metal industry compared to, you know, people looking at countries overall? Uh, the metal industry, because of the factors Louis said, uh, you know, the prices are high, you know, and for all those factors perceived, it's funny, Larry Summers, the former U.S. Secretary of Treasury Secretary, was being interviewed yesterday and they were saying, you know, is, is this current high growing interest rate period a blip? Uh, and his view is it's not. We're probably in this now for, for quite a while because, because of all those factors that Louis mentioned we've got. We've had constraints on supply. 
the wealthy haven't been spending, so there's going to be a bit of boom in spending, but there's going to be a supply shortage. And so he thinks we could be in for years of inflation, which is going to then feed into you know, high prices, and obviously people are going to be looking at metals. So you know, I think some of those laptop metals, I used to work for Dell and Xilinx and the semiconductors, you know, palladium and nickel and all those, tantalum, all those kind of, and also because of the Chinese near monopoly on some of the production, I can only see the prices being, I can't see them being low. What do you think, Louis? <laughs> well, um, you know, just just to sort of, I suppose, until about 2010, um, again, private, like the ones you mentioned, um, tantalum and, and, and uh, palladium and stuff, um, they, I mean, they are, they are sort of, you know, used in modern technology, but the, the rare earth elements that we work with, there's 17 of them, and only 10 of them are really considered rare, um, that we sort of offer as an investment play. Um, I suppose the bottom line with them is, like, historically, let's say in the last five years, um, the, 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 the return on investment, if you will, has been about between sort of 15 and 18% per year, which I think is very good. If if you're looking at them just as a sort of a hedge against inflation, just, yes, you know, yes. just, just as a store of wealth. Yeah. But just what you were talking about there is very, very interesting because like, for example, some of our metals this year have gone up 80%. I mean, and, and I, to be honest with you, I don't like the fact that they've gone up so much because, you know, we, we could be in for a bit of a fall, you know, um, but, 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 but Louis, Louis, the yeah. question as well is, you know, as, as Simon said there with inflation going up and everything pushing the prices, then, then, you know, it, it suits the metal industry as well, because it then it works out more cost effective to dig this stuff out of the ground. And where is the metal coming from as well? If it's coming out of the ground, is it coming? Is it, you know, is it coming out? What countries is it coming out? And, and what is the workforce labor in those countries as well? Right. Well, look, as I said, China is the dominant market leader in rare earth elements. And the reason they are is because about a generation ago, they, they decided they would be. Now, what's interesting about rare earths is they're not all that rare. <laughs> they're called rare earths, you know, when they were first maybe discovered because they hadn't been. But you, you can actually find them pretty much anywhere. You could probably find them in Ireland and England, but they're not, you won't find them anywhere in abundance. Um, and they're always a byproduct of, like, for example, gallium, which is in all modern technology, is is a byproduct of of, of mining for aluminum. So you, you'll only you'll only sort of um, source gallium through through mining and aluminum. And the key thing is being able to refine them to make them relevant, to make them malleable. Do you know what I mean? So, um, and again, eighty to eighty five percent of production is in China, but. There's a few of the metals we offer. Tend there's three or four of them that recently the European Union and the US have listed as critical raw materials to to the economy. You know, so they're of immense economic importance, and they know they're just about 20, 25 years behind China. I mean, they could get there, but as you pointed out, it'll be more expensive because they will do it more sustainably than China. So they are going to get more expensive to mine and to refine. But uh, you know, as it, just purely from an investment point of view, there I would say there'd be a very good play for the next five to ten years 
maybe 15 years, but in about 15 to 20 years, the, the, the US, the EU, other developing nations, no, they can't. They have to discontinue this reliance upon China yeah. and they will do it. But in the meantime, the metals are going up, you know, anywhere between 20, 25% a year. And they will do that for the next five to 10 years. So it's a good play for the near future. And where where do you, like if someone buys metal, do you, do you kind of get it and stick it at home in your in a drawer in your bedroom or, you know? Good, excellent, excellent, excellent question. Um, so my partner, and it, th- these are the most, this is the most important player in the whole transaction, is a company called Tradium based out of Frankfurt in Germany. And they are metals traders. Now, what that means is, um, for example, gold. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm in Ireland now. I'm actually, you know, in Limerick at the moment. You guys are in, you know, in, in Dublin or whatever. You could probably go and buy gold now in the next five minutes, and you could buy it. You could probably physically go somewhere and buy it over the counter. You can get online. You can buy it and store it in Switzerland or Singapore or Australia, wherever you wanted. So it's much easier to buy and sell sell gold now with the metals. If you don't, if you're not buying them from an industry recognized metals trader, you don't have um, an egg, you don't have an exit. You know what I mean? So tradium, you buy them from them, you get a certificate, you, you physically own them. So you store them in a vault, but it's it's probably more important, probably better you keep them sort of in their custody. And what I mean by that is they also have a, a storage facility. And it's important to keep it in its original packaging with analysis report, because if you take it from the vault, say, and bring it to Dublin and store it in Dublin, well, it's it's gotten it's gone out of the supply chain. And in order for you to get it back in the supply chain, you might need it analyzed again. If you know nobody's going to buy it unless they it, it's in its original packaging. So it's a very very good point, and that's one of the reasons I started to do it. Is this German company is the only metals trader in the world? That offer in private investors the opportunity to do this, so, and they also provide the exit. So they, let's say you own the metals for you know five years, and then you want to exit, they guarantee to sell them to industry for you, and they guarantee to do it within three to four working days. So look, do you know when do you know where my head always goes when there's something a bit mysterious, not mainstream, like and this to me would not be mainstream to the average person. My my cynic head says. Am I going to meet up with a ripoff merchant? How do I know that not the company you mentioned, but maybe another company masquerading like that doesn't try and con me? Because it's also unspoken about, and no, it's not like going to High Street Bank. How 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 did you learn to protect yourself, and how would other people stop themselves from being ripped off? Yeah, well, well, no, before, great, great. Before, before you do, great that, question. Before you answer that. Did you say high street banks are honest? There was no, I didn't. <laughs> no, no, I didn't say they're honest. I say them. I said the mainstream. Mainstream. Yeah, sorry, yeah. Sorry, sorry. My apologies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. It's look. It's a great, great question. Um, look, it's it, it comes down to due diligence. You must do your due diligence. And Simon, you're absolutely correct. This is not mainstream. It's sort of an alternative investment. Um, doesn't mean, you know, um, you can't profit from it. And, and, and funny enough, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bit of a niche market as well. Um, however, you know, 
depending on where you are in the world and how much you're investing, like our, our minimum investment is $10,000 or 10,000 euro. Most clients are coming in for about 40, 50,000. Some are coming higher. But there's about three or four ways you can do your due diligence. One is you can you can get on a plane to Frankfurt and we'll take you to, you know, the vault and the, the office and, um, you know, you, you can touch it and see it and feel it, that it's real. A second one is, um, you know, I, a lot of my clients are North American. I'm, I'm now sort of, you know, doing some European business as well. But another way you could do it is, um, you know, let's say you're an Irish citizen or a U.S. citizen. You can contact um, the Irish embassy in, in Germany and ask them for a list of, of English-speaking attorneys uh, in the Frankfurt area. And for about 200, 250 euro, uh, they'll do the due diligence for you. You know, we'll give you what we call the legal imprint of the company, the VAT number, the company number, the tax number. And you can get a full sort of report done for, you know, less than 200 euro. Um, in other ways, you could go locally to an attorney in Ireland or the UK, and they'll probably just charge you a little bit more than if you went to a German one. They'll probably do the same thing. Um, so there's a number of ways to do it. But, you know, the key thing is, you know, due diligence is not a word to be bandied about. I mean, it must be actively done, you know. It's amazing you know, it's amazing how, to me, you know, when you hear of people losing money in investments and stuff, if you look close enough, I always find they didn't do due diligence. They got carried away. FOMO, possibly, fear of missing out. One of their friends, buddies told them about it. But invariably, you'll see they didn't do proper due diligence. So in, in sorry, I was going to say to cut a long, start, uh, a long answer short, I didn't. But due diligence, do but, your due diligence. I agree, I agree. And I think you, you, you're talking about, you know, people making those investments. And I see there's a huge uptake now in crypto and a lot of people are investing in, in crypto coin. And it, it's for something for myself that, you know, even though it, I, I think nearly everyone has invested in it, how stable is it? And does it go back to, as we like to touch, touchy and feel and said the digital and metals um, are something that we know where you know, what a lot of people are pumping thousands and thousands into crypto coin. Um, you know, I can see they got burnt or, or possibly will get burnt on it as well. Uh, Louis, just another thing as well. You're, you're a man that has traveled all over the world, um, you know, and you're, and you're back in Ireland now and you came back there last year. Have you noticed anything within Ireland that, you know, after coming back after being away for so many years or, are are people more enlightened, or are they are they more mindful, or or is it, has the is the country? Do you believe evolving in a certain way as well? Oh, it's a great question. You know, I mean, um, I, I I don't I don't really have an answer, but you know, funny enough, it's interesting that the last fifteen years where I was in Central America, um. Like we, they don't have a welfare system there. They don't have um, a government really that sort of. They, they, you know, I, I think, I think we've we've an unhealthier relationship here with with government, and probably in Europe in general. I see. You know, it's it doesn't look very healthy to me. You know, um, but. Um, 
you know, the, the difference between the country is people have more now. Um, you know, when I left originally, you know, I was part of a generation emigration in the 80s and it was 20% unemployment. Um, now, you know, the funny thing is, Joe, you know what, what, what I, it looks to me like what people have done with now the fact that everybody has a job, we just have more of the same stuff. You know, people have two cars now instead of one, and they might even have a second home where they spend more money on sort of doing up the house more and more. But um, I don't know if it's any if it's any healthier, you know. Um, it seems to me we were a better crack and we had more fun when we were struggling, you know, when life was a bit more of a struggle. Yeah, I, 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 I find as well as, you know, all those abundant things come, we, you know... People will take their time off to, you know, they'll they'll look away or they'll they'll stop looking at certain things, and I think that's offering then consent. And I think there's a lot of possibly a lot of things going on and going on in the country which we're consenting to because we're too caught up in all our different in our struggles or our wealth or or whatever it may be. So I think that this whole year and last year is really making people look at everything, um, and one of the things which shocked me now um is with with say metal you're talking about with metals and finance and that in rural ireland you know the banks are being taken out and the past machines the banks are being taken out and they're pushing everyone towards that digital aspect and i think aib and blackrock i'm not sure i'm just i'll have to confirm this but there was something about them either receiving or taking in coin, they're going to be, they're going to be rolling that out. So mm-hmm. as, as a country is being, I believe, in my opinion, is being forced into a digital realm of zeros for, for a money. You know, I think that's where, where for me the the metal the metal part or, you know, the, the precious metals seems to be more of a, a, a better investment than going for, for anything else or property or property as well on it. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. I don't want to label anyone or myself, but I would consider myself more of a libertarian. And just because of where I was living, um, I've learned to become, um, you know, very, very independent of government. And I personally feel that, um, you know, when a government just tells you how much of your money they are taking, that's extortion. Um, most taxation to me is theft. You know, I think 10, 15 percent is, is reasonable, maybe 20 percent. But when you have people paying 40, 50 percent in tax and then another 20, 21, 20, whatever percent in VAT, that's a that's a lot of people's income being taken by yeah, the government. And Louis, and you mentioned government as well. I mean, these are public numbers, but you know, the amount of money, I mean, having come from the UK and Australia, Ireland is very, very government heavy. There are so many mm-hmm. civil servants and government people on huge money, and that there's very little publicity around the productivity and just take the head of the NHS in the UK. I've just looked at the numbers there that the head of the NHS in the UK, which is a big organization is getting paid a roughly a package of 220,000 euro, give or take the head of the HSC is nearly double that. So my question is 
Why does yeah. the head of the HSC in Ireland get paid twice as much as... Why do you think, Louis? Why do you reckon he gets paid twice as much? <laughs> uh, to keep the party going, you know, to keep the party going. Look, uh, I don't want to attack anybody personally, and but yeah. any any banker, um, you know, again, this, this all, I think actually the technology is coming that's going to hopefully change all that. And that's blockchain, which is sort of behind crypto because it, it should, when they get it right, they're not there yet, maybe in another five years, maybe another 10, but we should be able to take out all the middlemen who are bankers, um, you know, civil servants, people who have never created anything in their life. Now, look, I probably would be the same. If I, if I was the head of the HSE now and I was earning 200,000 a year, the only thing on my mind would be mostly, how can I keep this going? <laughs> you know, it's it's a human, you know, defect of yeah, character, maybe. Yeah. But 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 you know, government is too big, and um, you know, look. The other thing is, they get paid every week anyway. It doesn't matter how they're performing. Exactly. So, exactly. talking about government, it's not that we we need some governance, but I think anything that the government can do, the private sector can do better. And look, most of us here probably are all self-employed. If we don't work, we don't earn. Yep. You know, our, our, we get paid based on our performance and we know that. And people in government get paid anyway. And I think, you know, once you get on that gravy train, you're going to do everything you can to keep it going. And I'm sure, I, I know there's some people in government as well, but the question is, why would you want to be a politician in the first place? You know, I mean, I don't know if I've ever come across one that convince me that they're there to be of service you know to people they're, they're there to they might not start out to be there to be yeah. to help themselves but i think it ends up that way you know but i think yeah. that's it's not the people i think it's the system that they get engulfed in um and simon you know the one thing about also about the taxes and 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 the peers so i i think that the lower income are being hit the heaviest and then you've got the higher income you know are in attack this country as we know is is a tax haven really and truly um and i think that hopefully that will change in some way but at the moment i think we just need to start making people accountable for what they do and it is the both you are right it is top heavy the biggest employer in this country is is the government you know they're the Mm -hmm. biggest and then after that you have the, the multinationals and the farmers you know, yeah, my, and- my, my concern, Joe, is kind of ties what you both said. My concern for Ireland is all of those hardworking people who aren't in the government, who are trying the hardest to make money, um, are being dictated to by government people who are, are on great salaries, huge salaries, but don't really have an appreciation of what they need. And at the end of the day, we voted them in. You know, the people of Ireland yes. voted them in. So, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, you know, so... Yeah, I think there's. You know, I think I think there's some changes ahead. You know, voted a man with yeah. a pencil. But but you know you know Simon, you make a very good point there that you know again and and just coming back, you know, having been overseas, is you know that Pink Floyd song, "Comfortably Numb." You know, people are mostly comfortably numb. They have a roof over their heads. They've yeah, money. Yeah. They've even got a new car, and they've you know they can afford to live quite well. That's exactly right. And then they stop questioning, you know, as you said, like, it, like I, I said earlier, it's a sort of, um, it's an, un, it's just an unhealthy relationship, I think, just because, you know, we have, look, the other thing as well is where, you know, where are the government 
you know, where are they doing, like, you know, where they're really, really needed as that, are, are they performing well there or, or not? Like, for example, yeah, they, they'll take 20, 40, 50% of your money and they'll, they'll spend many, many hours considering how they can take more of your money. But what are they doing to the people who are suffering the indignity of poverty or the criminalization, criminalization even of poverty? There's still a lot of people that are not doing well in Ireland. Yeah. And how come they're not lifting them out? You know, it, it, it's definitely yeah. a case of the rich are getting richer and the poor are getting poor. It's, you know, and it, it, look, I, and I, I'm I'll not ask, judging it either. I don't have the answer to it per se, but um, it, it, it's real and it's true, you know. I'll, I'll I think what, what, what's, in, what's in common for the three of us is when you travel the world, you see this in stark relief. But Joe, carry on. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll ask you, Robert, one of the things that, which, you know, from looking, reading the papers during the week, and, you know, I've seen that Amazon is building a big, huge factory here, and there's a big cheer of, oh, great, and the government doing it. And, you know, for me, I think that is the government just chasing, you know, like a magpie chasing, uh, you know, some a gold bracelet. It, it sounds great, but the damage that that, that you know, multinational company that can be put here to the small business, so the damage that it can do to the small business, so the guy in the, in the, you know, in the high street who's selling books or the small clothes shop, that even though we think this is a great win, I don't think long term people look at what, it, what it's doing to, you know, their indigenous businesses. Yeah, absolutely. And and there was another thing I heard this morning. Um, Ireland is the worst, is lowest in the OECD for spend on um, education against GDP, right? The lowest. Not many people talk about this. You probably won't hear this on RTE, right? Um, and, but then I'm hearing some of the politicians saying, well, well, give us a break, because that when you take into account GDP, you take into account all the big multinationals here, Right. But but they do that anyway. So they, they want their cake and not eat it. You know, you can you can either own up to it and, and and have the tax coming in here, but you can't hide behind it as well. You know, there's a lot of shenanigans going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, you just reminded me there, Joe, as well, of an I was reading this recently, which is um it's in our institutions, such as government and banks and larger entities. It's where, if you want to, I don't want to use the word evil, or but it's that's where the problem exists. And funny enough, it always has been. Now, I'm not a religious person, but if you look at all the great teachers, you know, Lord Buddha, Lord Jesus, you know, Martin Luther King, Mother, if you look at all of them, like Jesus railed against the moneylenders and the rabbis, you know, and he hung out with the poor and the meek and the criminals, you know, and it's sort of always been that way. And I think it seems to me a bit that there's a sort of a collective ego sort of manifest in institutions and, and groups. And once it gets going, it's very, very hard to stop, you know? Yeah. It's like someone said to me, um, a company shouldn't have more than a couple of hundred people in them and should be broken up into smaller groups. Because as you said, the bigger that organization that it has, the more, the more fighting that goes on and that more energy that will, and they'll just, you know, will get bigger and bigger and greedier and greedier and want more and want more. And and maybe that's what our political parties are, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and um, also the, the survival of the company becomes the important thing, you know, and it's a sort of a, 
it's a sort of a, a, a moral confusion, you know, because, you know, let's say Facebook or LinkedIn or any of these big, big companies, um, there's a corporate pride amongst them, you know, but as individual, you know, about like, you know, that we have to wipe out, you know, any competition that comes along. But at the same time, individually, we're, we're, we're teaching people that that's wrong. You know, that sort of level of pride and ego is actually wrong. Uh, we see it in, in religions and in, in governments that, you know, um, they'll go to war. They'll send, you know, you know, look at the amount of, you know, people that died in wars in the name of religion and governments in the last 100 years, about 100 million people, you know, and they weren't insane people. They were normal people who were asked to go and kill their fellow man by a government or by yeah. a religious institution. Yeah. Yet, if they had committed that same crime on the street, murdered somebody, they would have been locked away for life. So these institutions, I think, as where the problems lie in those bigger entities. I think you have a point that anything more than about 150 people sort of begins to have an ego and a life of its own. And its its main priority is its survival over everything else. It doesn't matter if it's government or religion, a bank, um, Facebook, you know, it becomes the, the main the main thing, you know. Hmm. What I do, you both said maybe, you know, earlier in this in, in this interview as well, that, you know, the, and especially yourself, Simon, there said that, you know, is there going to be changes coming? I think, uh, you know, change is probably really if people start really getting more involved in their community base, sort of, you know, that grassroots, speaking to people in the communities, doing business with people in the community. You know, we all talked about buying Irish and, you know, what governments have really strangely, you know, stopped you to shut down a factory in your country so you can buy it across in some other country and they, the vice versa, that it's, 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 it's like for myself, even living in the country, I'm now probably 80% of everything that we do or buy here that comes into the house is all local. 20% of that is, 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 is from afar, but it's because we're mindful of what we're buying and what we're looking at. And I think, yeah. it's, you know, it's, you know, I, I, I refuse to buy on, on if something is coming from, I always do a research to see that if it's a local business that is doing something like yourself, Louis, you know, you're a local business now. Um, um, okay. You're dealing internationally, but you know, it's, it's trying to focus on that instead of it going directly out of the, out of the country, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I have one burning question for Louis. How, and without not without being confidential at all, but how do you get clients? How do people find out about you? The number of different ways. Primarily, the first thing is, um, you know, we, we we have a website up and running. Um, the office and the vault is is in Germany, and a number of different ways because of the last fifteen years, the work and business I've been doing, I've I've a good few connections in uh, in the offshore area and space, if you will. So um, people like sort of International Living, Sovereign Society, Living Invest Overseas, Freedom Fest in the USA, um, um, Anarchapulco in Mexico. So there's a good few people out there that are, you know, aware. And, you know, the, 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 there's a lot of people that, are, that have woken up to the fact that, like, uh, one of the best ways I ever heard it described is that, you know, a few civil servants in government sitting around thinking up ways of how they can tax us more, right? They do that, right? It's a legitimate sort of thing they do. Well, 
it's just as legitimate for us as citizens to be thinking of ways of tax avoidance. Now, I'm not saying I don't do any anything illegal or anything, but I'm just saying it's just a, it's it's as a legitimate endeavor as it is for the government to be thinking of ways. Um, so, you know, my stuff is a sort of a an offshore thing for many, many people. And again, it's not like hide and seek; it's show and tell. It's just if you have a, if you're lucky enough to have some wealth and you want to protect yourself, it's a good idea to diversify your your portfolio in different um, uh, currencies in different geographic um, um, regions as well. So I'd I would um, I'd have I do some podcasts and 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 that I do some sort of pay to play advertising and then I do my own uh, Facebook Google ad campaigns. Um, you know, and build up but, my own but, database but as know, well. I know there's a lot of conferences, you know, um, in the states where people meet and and people will go to find these investments as well. There is, yeah. Is, is it a short term or is it a long term investment? Uh, it's a long term. I mean, um, it's up to you because you know you should. We recommend minimum one year, and there's one reason for that is if you hold the metals for at least a year then they're completely tax-free when you sell them. Um, so a year or longer. Um, we try, you know, again, as Simon touched on earlier, it's a lit, It's not mainstream. It's a bit of a niche. And this is, I suppose, this investment is not top of people's lists. I mean, if somebody, say, has a portfolio, they probably are thinking, I'm not going to put more than 5% in any one asset class. And we wouldn't be, you know, the first, second, or third choice because they'll want to put their money into you know property stock market bonds and uh, maybe precious metals um first and we're 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 more of 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 the yet the asset class where it's 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 a hedge against inflation you know sort of people that have money you know in in the, they they have asset classes that they expect to make money in and they have somewhere um, where they don't, they just you know won't lose. For example, with with inflation in Europe right now, and and with the zero, you know, negative interest with the bank. If you just keep your money in the bank, you're losing about five percent a year, right? With 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 metals, at least you've sort of got that hedge, you know. But um, I I think it's an alternative, definitely. I I think with you know the interest rates and in banks have gone. Uh, do you know how much money is sitting in the banks here that that isn't being tapped in to be invested? It's thirty five million or billion, yeah. twenty five million, which is being which is sitting in bank accounts here, which people aren't gaining any interest in. They're just having it there. Um, yeah, and I think it's you know if if and I think the banks, the way the banks now are charging now, it does you know banks are now charging just to hold your money in. That's it. They're just a safety deposit box with a fee, nothing else. Yeah, and I yeah. think that it's it's time that. You know, a lot of people who are, you know, there's the crypto end and a lot of people don't trust that where, you know, I think the metal end of it is is something to look at. You know, metal Well, it's, and, phys- and Joe, it's a physical over. asset. People own it. You physically own it. It's tangible, you know, um, and, it, and, and they're in demand. I mean, um, it, it's, you know, the funny thing about it is most people don't know you can do this safely and securely, as Simon touched on earlier. It's only in the last sort of 10 years you can. And um, there's probably from time to time has been some shysters out there pretending to do it, but don't actually do it. So you have to do your due diligence. You know, you have to, you know, for example, Tradium, the company that I partner with, they have a, 
um, a quality assurance, you know, an ISO 9001 quality assurance certificate consistently since 2003 for their metals. Um, the vault is open since 2010. So these are things you can, you know, you need to validate. You need to do your due diligence on this stuff, you know. And just touching on crypto, I'm also, a, you know, I've sort of been in crypto as well since about 2017. And look, there's, a, there's, a, I think there's over 3,000, you know, um, uh, currencies out there now. So that's problematic. But just talk and say about Bitcoin, the original. You know, Bitcoin has never been compromised. Never been compromised. Now, Bitcoin exchanges have, but that's just like a bank, you know. So um, it's not, uh, it is volatile, but it's not, you know, it's the future for sure. But I just don't think we, they have the technology yet. Bitcoin might not be the one. There might be another one about to come that will be the one. But Bitcoin and cryptocurrency has the potential to take the you know these middlemen out of it, bankers in particular, you know, because it can be just back to you know person to person transactions, you know. It's it's like you know listen listen to you there, and and I have you know money and metal, you know the old days of the rag and bone men come along and asking for any scrap metal, and down in Dublin docks, if you go down there where they have mm-hmm. the scrap merchants. Um, where we're taking all our old cars and everything. So, yeah, there's, there's definitely well, money in it, you know. There's, there's yeah, a lot of and, money and in if, it. if you remember, Joe, as well, for example, can you, if you if you can think back to when um, it used to be just gold, right? We only, you know, we only, you know, worked in gold, right? And can you imagine back in the day when we were going from gold to paper money? Like if you were, like somebody said to you, okay, from here on in, money's going to be paper. You would have laughed and you said, no. No, no, if it's not gold, you know, and we haven't had a disruption to the financial system like that in a long time. The largest or the most recent disruption to to money and finance was when credit cards were created in the 60s or the 50s, late 50s and and the 60s. So we haven't had a disruption in a long time and, and crypto is the disruption. And look, people go as well, oh, you know, digital money, that's never going to work. Well, look, 95, 98% of our tractions are digital already. Anyway, we're already in, in a digital economy, you know. But it's just getting, you know, again, they haven't, I think the technology is not there yet. It'll be another three years or five years before they have it. But once they do, um, you know, I think all industries like, well, you know, the government will have its own cryptocurrency. The construction industry will have its own, you know, um, uh, currency, it, you know, but it, it, it'll be more, um, it won't be, you know, um, you know, governed or, you know, controlled but, by but, a bank but, or but, by a government. I believe I believe governments have been broke since about 2008 anyway. And if you look at the euro, if everyone, you know, listen to this, takes out a 10 euro or 50 euro or 100 euro out of, out of the wallet and looks at it, where does it say legal tender? It doesn't. All it mm-hmm. is is just printed, you know, printed pretty paper that were that were flopping around yeah it's it's, you know the i think you know and simon what was that thing we saw during the week that i sent you to about one of the investment banks our investors 30 billion um in trouble 30 billion you know that that could have sort of an effect around the world as well so you know i I, with the way things are and government struggling and you know we know what's going on in the states and you know, in Australia and everything as well. I, you know, I think people need to start 
looking at it, investing in something that they can hold in their hand. Goats and, and chickens. Goats and chickens in your backyard. Yeah, yeah. I'll give you two eggs, Simon, there. I'll yeah. give you two eggs on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Louis, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up there. Tell us if people want to invest in metals, they want to do more research, they want to look at uh, the, the company, where can people reach out and find sure. you? Well, just go to the website, www.strategicmetalsinvest.com. Okay, and to catch you on LinkedIn as well? Yeah, on LinkedIn, Louis O'Connor, uh, Strategic Metals Invest. That's great, Louis. And that's it, folks. Myself and Simon are going to come back right after the break and we'll talk to you in a minute. Sponsored by the Dunleary Rattown Local Enterprise Office. You're listening to Business Eye on Dublin South FM. And welcome back, folks. Yes, Friday. Friday, Friday, Friday. Simon, what's your thoughts on metal? What's your... Well, it's, it's interesting. My, my brother works in the banking industry in metal, and, and he says it's a wise thing to invest in. But, but as, as Louis said, make sure you do your due diligence. I mean, there are people out there who will take your money and won't help. But, you know, he's a sound guy, and it's all about due diligence. But, yeah, I think, I think with the uncertainty coming in the world, I think people do need to be more diversified. And it's a solid diversification if you get the right source, as in Louis, you know. It, it, you talk about due diligence. I, I know I was reading the paper there a while back that there was a couple of guys who were selling forestry land here in Ireland and they had the one plot and they were replicating the desserts all the time. Um, and they made a couple of million um, and they were caught and they did they did a lot of, you know, they're, you know, they're in Mount Joy now. But, you know, a lot of people invested that because they didn't do the due diligence. They just saw, yeah. you know, give us this, you'll have this in X amount. But, you know, it's, you know, it's, as was a Shakespeare said, you know, there's no evil in hell. It's all here. Yeah, no, I think he, he, I think Louis was right. You know, most people lose money because they they don't think it through, right? I've been there with a couple of investments in life and I was rushed or I didn't check or I was blown away with ego and stuff. And you rarely lose when you think it through and you're careful. So I just think with everything, just be careful. <laughs> yeah, I think we've all lost a lot of money um, on the wrong investments. And yeah, and you kind of... I. And after losing an awful lot, I asked the question now, am I doing this for the right reason or am I doing it because of greed? Yeah. You know, and, exactly. and that's even in business. If you're growing a business or you've got a great idea, you see something. If you're getting yeah. into that business and you're only doing it from and you're seeing a profit end of it and not a helping end, it's bound to fail. Yeah. But if you're doing it to help and then the money will come after, I think that yeah. that's that's crucial in exactly because well, that's where the passion is. the the passion is and not the greed the yeah greed. and and also where you can sustain it as well if you're just going for the money you're going to burn it out but if you're doing what you love if you're doing what satisfies your purpose the money will come right mm. it might not come as fast as you want but you're satisfying your purpose yeah and i think that's it and says it's all matter that's yep. all and matter doesn't matter that's <laughs> that's it yeah not. true till next week guys uh from myself and Simon, we're I think we're kicking off uh, the a new version of the show now next week. We're going to be um, bringing people in to really home in on business and talk and we're going to have a Q&A as well. 
Um, all planned, all planned. So we're going big. We're going big and posh. Big and posh big, from next big, week. Big, big, <laughs> big and posh. Big and posh. Are we not? Not big. Are we not? We get. We get. We, we get. We're getting bigger and posher. <laughs> On that, Simon, you have a super weekend, and to all our audience, we'll talk to you next Friday as well. Take care and be safe. Take care.